when the storm sirens go off. You ready to get yourself and your family down your storm shelter? Nah, man, not me. I opened up mine the other day. Grass clippings, dead spiders, a couple live spiders, a dead scorpion, live crickets were down there. Why would I have my wife and my family go down to that storm shelter? Can't even keep it clean. So what I decided to do, I called up StormCheck.team. They team up with local veterans to keep your storm shelter safe and clean. They offer their signature five-point service, which includes they get down there, they vacuum, they clean. Those dead spiders, grass clippings, live spiders, gone. It's sanitized. It's deodorized. They give you fresh water supply. Install a motion-sensored LED light. How brilliant is that? And they ensure that your shelter location is registered with your local emergency management office in your respective city, state, and town. Freaking brilliant. For the premium subscriber, you get to see them twice a year and you get a first aid kit. Give them a visit on their website, www.stormcheck.team. Get to know them. They're awesome. They're undefeated, just like your storm shelter will be. That's www.stormcheck.team. Stop being afraid of your storm shelter. Give them a call. You ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. Welcome back to the Undefeated Defining Moments podcast located in Project 3810, the house.com built. Sam Mays, our special guest, welcome to the How podcast. How are you, my friend? I appreciate it. Thank Man, you so much. It's been a couple of years because we reached out to you after we had Chisholm on, and then he's like, hey, get, get, get Sam Mays on. I was like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Yeah. So it's, now uh, I'm, I'm hard to, I'm the worst like emailer. I'm the worst DM person. I'm the worst, you know, I just, uh, and I, I honestly have a real like dislike for social media as yeah. a whole. Like if I didn't have to do it for work, I really wouldn't, you know, right. I'm, uh, I like being outdoors and I like working with my hands and I like, you know, I don't know, just experiencing life. And I feel like we spend too much time staring at these phones as it is. But, uh, here recently it's like, if I'm going to do this this life. If I'm going yeah. to uh, be a podcaster, if I'm going to do radio, if I'm going to be a public figure, I've got to embrace social media because what it That's does true. is give me a chance to kind of meet different people and, yeah. and do things like this. You know, I yeah. would have never sat down in the seat if it wasn't for Twitter. <laughs> like that's, you know, yeah. so um, I'm here for it. You know, I'm excited yeah. about it and I'm glad that uh, we got together for sure. No, absolutely. Yeah, we are really excited. We have a lot of questions, a lot of the comments to go through. But before we do that, Got a little something, a little swag bag oh, for you, you and uh, your Heck future. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I appreciate that. Can yeah. I open this? Yeah, sure. Go okay, ahead. Cool. Absolutely. I uh, I just left the gym, so I'm I am so like this. I'm just pulling on this. I'm like God. I worked my tail <laughs> off today, but uh, very cool. Man. Oh, I love t-shirts, and Brittany's gonna love these. She likes. Yeah, good those are for her. Yeah. Heck yeah! Very cool. Undefeated. I love it. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you, guys. The other stuff's in there is yours. Okay. Yeah. Big, yeah. Bigger versions of these. Well. Oh. Those are coming, but oh, we uh, wanted oh. to give you that. So I was at a gas station the other day, and I saw a guy wearing an undefeated hat, and I was like, <laughs> I recognize that brand, you know. But my brain just wasn't like putting it together. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, man, it's the undefeated podcast, and I'm like, This is fantastic. I love it. I love, you get such. It's such cool branding. I'll absolutely rock this hat, man. Thanks, I appreciate man. that. Very cool. 
Oh, dry fit? Heck yeah. I'm not doing this right. This is making me feel awkward. Now I got to start getting my guests all kinds of stuff. How cool is this? That's a hoodie too, man. Yeah, Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. Thank you guys. Very cool. I, so do you do this with your wife? Ever the the uh, the I didn't hear her on the last one I listened to. No, there's t- no. Sometimes she'll come on. Okay, and if she has time. Then, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, same same thing with Brittany. She'll give me yeah. uh, every once in a while. She'll pop on the pod. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you. You guys did a podcast in I think it was December. Is I think you guys were talking about the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, the news that broke and it kind of hurt my feelings because I, like I said earlier, I I listened to you and Chisholm. Mm-hmm. I listened to you talk about football. I love your passion, and there's no filter, Yeah, which is awesome. Right. So, man, what happened with the franchise? Yeah, so, you know, it's, um, I still really don't know the whole story. At some point, I feel like I probably need to, you know, sit down with a, a legal professional and have this conversation, but uh, we kind of just hit the ground running, Brittany and I, right after it went down. But, yeah, yeah the, the Friday after Thanksgiving, you know, I'm taking a day off, and I get a call from my uh, boss at the time who says, we have to suspend you for this something that happened six years ago, some audio that had been uh, illegally taped and then sent to a bunch of news organizations in an attempt to get me fired. Mm -hmm. And and that's exactly what happened. You know, four hours later, I was sitting at my buddy Wes Sims' house for his second Thanksgiving of the the year. Shout out Wes, because anytime you're having two Thanksgivings in the same week, (laughs) you know, it was big time. And I got that call and he just says, you know, we're going to, we're going to have to go ahead and part ways. And I'm sitting there, you know, on the couch, uh, Wes's mother-in-law is looking at me. They knew the story, and she could just tell that something bad had happened. And she was listening to the show, and she just breaks out in tears. And you know, I had never been fired from a job, mm. and I, uh, I don't know that I. I, I think I just had one of those out-of-body experiences. You know, I text Brittany. I'm like, I just got fired. I went in the Wes's garage and, and smoked a giant blunt and and, and, sm- <laughs> and, uh, and had some booze. And, and I just kind of sat out there by myself. He left me to myself for a little bit. And, you know, I got home that night and, and I'm in our, in our bedroom and I just have tears running down my yeah. face. Like I'm, and you feel bad because like as a, as a, Man, you know, just like losing a huge part of that income. It's a month before Christmas. You know, she's at home Christmas shopping, and I got to text her that I don't have this job, and she's got to rethink the way that she's shopping. You know, so many people think that because of um, being a public figure and being in the media that there's a whole lot of money involved. Right. And that, look, I had to sell my home during COVID. You know, I was making uh, a good chunk of change, three, six figures doing radio before COVID. That happened, and I was making $50,000 a year after that. They never gave me that money back, so it was a struggle in general. Mm. And uh, so then I lose that gig, and it's like, where do we go from here? You know, and, yeah. and what do we do from here? So luckily, I had picked up a, a gig in Tulsa this football season, and I was working with John, still working with John Hoover and yeah. uh, the Sports Animal in Tulsa, which has been great. It's probably the, one of the best radio shows I've ever done because Hoover's background is much more conservative than mine. Uh-huh. Uh, the audience is a little bit different, and it, re- it requires me to be a little more structured, uh, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, you know? and then I have the podcast to kind of be uh, as wild as I want to yeah. be. But uh, so I've enjoyed that a lot, and you know, like I said, it's uh, I I took part in a conversation that was I shouldn't have I said I said a thing that I should not have said mm-hmm. and um, but I you know and I didn't there's some people who are frustrated that I didn't apologize uh, in my statement and 
I, you know, I just didn't necessarily see a reason to like, I'm, right. I'm definitely disappointed in, in that I, mm. uh, that, that audio got out and I'm, and I'm sorry for people who were hurt by that conversation and all those things. But I was having a private conversation just like we have private conversations yeah. and you have them in your home, you have them at the office. I was not you know, on air. I wasn't, um, you know, pre- presenting that to anybody. And so it's frustrating that it went the way that it did. It's also frustrating that it happened six years ago. Yeah. You know, I've, yeah. I've done a podcast since then, um, about this exact situation and feeling good that if anything that social justice has done for me is make it easier to not take part in conversations like that and to tell people truly how I feel about situations about race and whatever else it might be. Sure. Um, and so I feel a little empowered because of that. And since six years ago, I was said those things because I was fitting in. Yeah. And now I don't have to do that anymore. So yeah. it's like I got fired for something that I would never do today, that type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just uh, it was uh, it was frustrating to say the least. And but the best thing about it is, you know, it, I was not happy. I was not making any money. The comparison what I was making and. Brittany had been t- telling me, you know, if we're going to do it, just do it. Pull that plug. Time to get uncomfortable, right? Yeah. That defining moment. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, here I am kind of forced to to take on this podcast in a different way. I'd played around with it through COVID and played around with it for two years, you know, just yeah. trying to find a sound. And and uh, I feel like in the last year or last month or two that I've really kind of dialed it in a little bit. And yep. it's coming. And I still have so much more to do and so many more places I want to go with it. And uh, but, you know, obviously Oklahoma football just jumping off of a cliff uh, in November was fantastic for yeah. uh, for me to kind of really focus in on the pod. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've enjoyed it and it's it's going where I want it to go. It's yeah. getting better each and every week. And uh, my fiance is my rock. She is yeah. incredible. She works with me now. She does all my editing and, and all that stuff. And and uh, it's, uh, we're, you know, making a little business of our own, working for ourselves, which has been great. That's awesome. Isn't she a marketing guru, too? Yeah. So yeah. he's like, bro. Brilliant. You yeah, know, she's uh, uh, she was a director of marketing and uh, business development there at the Oklahoma Proton Center uh, for the last couple of years. Okay. She stepped away from that position and uh, she's been out the house here working with me. I don't, I don't know where this is going to go for her in particular. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, the more clients that we take on as you know advertisers, the uh, the more that you see that marketing side of her start to shine. So yeah, yeah. she's exceptional. That's great. I, you both have great chemistry when you're on the podcast together. I appreciate it. And the conversation was just flowing. And it was just unfiltered. It's like, hey, this is how I feel. This is the direction we should go. What do you think about this, babe? I mean, it was like, yeah, she's that's that's, awesome. That's my best friend, you know. And yeah, and somebody who, yeah, I think that when you're in the media a long time, or when you come out of a, a collegiate sports atmosphere, there's always this like face that you are wearing and mm-hmm. you know when you're out and about and you're shaking hands and you're kissing babies and you're doing the things <laughs> and you know, that's just one of these the, the one person in my life that i feel like knows me at my very worst and knows yeah. me at my best and uh so yeah we we have an awesome relationship i'm i'm thrilled to, you know to, to call her fiance and i can't wait to that we get married so yeah it's gonna happen sometime i think in the fall or this next spring maybe spring 2023 that's great but, man yeah so it's going well congratulations thank you that's awesome you're talking about 97.1 animal the sports animal in tulsa yeah and how you're more structured dialed back a little bit it's more of a different crowd how are you able to gauge that and how do you know 
Well, I think the the thing that I I pride myself on the most is is really being able to work with anyone. Like I'm very confident that if you have any sort of a sports uh, knowledge or really knowledge of anything, I'm going to be able to sit in a room with you and figure out a way that I can lift you up. And at the same time, show my my personality off. So uh, John is one of the most respected media members in the region, right? Mm-hmm. From north to south. I mean, everybody knows who John Hoover is and yep. uh, the work that he's done over the last 30 years. And so I have a tremendous amount of respect for that. So I think there is a, I feel like to fully, to, to do the job correctly with him, I've got to be something that's a little more in this box. Now, mm-hmm. I absolutely am going to reach outside that box to make him uncomfortable and to make myself uncomfortable every sure. once in a while because that's I think that's good radio when you have that moment where things just kind of go off the rails a little bit and I have no problem being that guy. Right. But just you know, working with an extremely respected, uh, knowledgeable journalist is is a different for me. And I think it just makes, like I, th- it's pro- like I said, the, probably the best sound that I've had on the radio yeah. uh, in my career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's the transition like from... Let's say even let's take it back to your high school playing days to college to professional and then from there to radio. How's that? How's your mindset? How do you operate through that? Well, you know, I don't know that there's a whole different approach to to any of it. You know, I'm a Northeastern Ohio Youngstown guy. I'm from the Steel Valley. You know, I played with the grandsons of steel workers and just a tough place. Mm -hmm. We had uh, 20, 24 kids, I think, signed Division I letters of intent out of eight schools in our district my senior year. And we all take a lot of pride in that. You kind of played football to get out of Youngstown. So you take that mentality what you learn there and you just bring it into everything else so yeah. uh, it took me a minute you know I, I had an excellent college career I love Oklahoma State University and I had the you know the Friday night lights you know like it's from from the teammates to the school to the coaches and the administrators and the support staff and the girls and the parties <laughs> and the, like it was you could write a book about it you know it was yeah. great i loved every uh, second of that but i you know i brought my northeastern ohio youngstown uh, mentality to the football field there and i left with that same mentality and i took it into media I took it into yeah. radio and i've been god said triple play sports you know my uh my host my co-host up there was phil wineland and phil is one of the nicest sweetest people you will ever meet in your entire life good family man i think he's in teaching now and i used to say horrible things to him on air just be ruthless to him because it you know when you have that edge as a as a player you know and it's it's loudness and yelling and you're wrong and, and looming over and, you know, never like, you know, anything like I never would flinch or anything, right. like that, but like just be overly large and ridiculous. And I've never even said this to him. I hope he <laughs> listens to this. But man, I've come so far and I apologize. I feel bad for how I was with him as a as a 20, I don't know, four year old, 25 year old, just kind of trying to figure it out. You know, I got in a radio because a, a guy saw me in a clubhouse of a, nine, a par three golf course in Stillwater and said, uh, you're Sam Mays. And I said, I used to be, you know, I was lost after football. I had mm. two years of, of kind of floating around Oklahoma just trying to figure things out. You know, I, I was a uh, first, you know, f- uh, a uh, preseason first team All-American in my senior year. Uh, I kind of fell off a little bit that year, got hurt a little bit, didn't play a bunch of great players. And so I go to the senior bowl to kind of bolster that draft stock again. And there was no question whether I was going to play in the league. Of course, I was going to play in the league. Um, and, uh, you know, I break that leg and yeah. ends my career. And 
Now I'm back in Stillwater because I knew that going back to Oklahoma State or going back to Oklahoma, where I, at least I had a name uh, there, people recognize, you know, know, like that's going to help me find something else to do. And yeah. then it was a bunch of bad decisions and a bunch of bad relationships and a, too much drinking and too much everything else. And, and, uh, you know, it just kind of, that Jack Borgen was his name, you know, him giving me an opportunity to do radio once a week uh, at a Buffalo Wild Wings where, I was happy to get the $50 that they paid me and the free food, you know, just being broken right. and, you know, in your mid twenties without a real direction and, and, uh, not knowing what you wanted to do. Like in my, you know, my education was in, uh, teaching and, and I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to do that in that moment. Yeah. And, and so I was thankful for the opportunity, thankful for radio and, and thankful to be able to dump all my energy and passion into something. Yeah. You know, if I love it, I'll chase it, you know? Yeah. And so I happen to love doing this type of thing. So I don't mind uh, getting after it, but yeah, man. So that's, that's my, I don't even know what the question you asked me. I just talk too much. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's how I got here, I guess. Yeah, yeah. man. It sounds like from your journey, one word that sticks out to me is you've matured and you definitely have taken ownership of your past to make yourself better. Oh today. yeah. A hundred percent. Like there's a, I mean, even going back just three years ago or when COVID hits, I'm doing this podcast and all I did with it was find a way to just have massive parties and, yeah. and just, you know, I'm, I'm divorced and, and, uh, COVID hits and I'm isolated by myself in this massive house. My kids aren't there the majority of the time. So I don't hear their voices. My, you know, it's just silence and I'm by myself and I'm like, what am I going to do now? And so I digress, you know, I, I took a step back into a life that I had no business living at, you know, mm. 37 years old and, <laughs> and just doing like, we used to call them Sunday fun days and I would just have knock down drag out raging ridiculous parties at my house and and uh and so now just to kind of fast forward you know meeting Brittany and and building that relationship and you know just kind of settling back down and and understanding that there still is a a race to run you know Mm -hmm. there still is a race to run there still is a path uh, that I'm on and just trying to to keep moving forward, to keep getting better. You know, this is probably the first few years of my life that I can say I've ever really had any real adversity, you know, outside of the adversity you face on the football field. Like I have done nothing my whole life but succeed. And so COVID hits, you lose all that money, you lose your home, you lose the relationship, and you lose, you know, what seemed like everything in the moment. And then you have this moment of just what am I doing? You know, yeah. what's next? How do I get back on track? What is the track? Where is it? You know, and uh, I think slowly but surely, I I definitely have matured uh, quite a bit. And, you know, I'm I'm figuring out myself and there's still so much more to figure out so much learn more to learn about Sam. Mm-hmm. And the more that I continue to do that, you know, the better it is for everybody in my life. Yeah. What do you think you'd regret in the next five years if you don't do it? Oh, man, that's such a great question. Next five years, in the next five years, I'd love to to get into that, you know, 100,000 subscribers on a podcast. Yeah. You know, and I, as much as I love uh, covering Oklahoma State and covering Oklahoma 
uh, football, what I have planned next for the pod, you know, and, and conversations more like this, mm-hmm. you know, with professionals and, and different fields and more life stuff, more awesome. family stuff, more kids stuff. You know, yeah. I want to have a, we're trying to get scheduled with a doctor right now to talk, have a real CTE conversation, Ooh. you know, and how that, you know, what the future looks like in, in discussing CTE. My short-term memory is trash. Wow. I sat down with, my long-term memory is not good. I, I sat down with uh, Dominique Franks this week and he's telling me these stories about middle school games and like these vivid memories of plays that were called and what he did in these. And I'm sitting there going, I can't barely remember what the back, the field of my Frank junior high looked like. Like mm. I, I struggle with that. So uh, obviously you can't test for CT now unless you're dead. Right. And so, but I'm so concerned about it and worried about it and you know i'm starting to lose dexterity in my hands a little bit and you know just little things like that so i play video games and i'm training again and i'm you know just doing everything in my power to make sure that i am documenting my life you know and and being able to go back and look at things to help me remember you know i i struggle with with that stuff so that's a real conversation we're having in my house you know like Brittany jokingly said is this going to be the day that you know I, i i look at you and i know what this thing does does and so many horrible stories from players of CTE. Yeah. You know, are you going to wig out one day and become violent one day? And, you know, is it because of the CTE uh, that players with it become violent or is it because they are violent in general and mm. they lose the ability to control the violence? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, so there's a, there's a lot of, you know, going on in that conversation for sure. But yeah, I want to take this podcast down a different path. And I think people are going to enjoy uh, maybe just seeing life from my lens and having discussions uh, that I'm passionate about around all walks of life, all different yeah. things for sure. Man, I'd love to follow you on that path because I feel like it's important. There's a lot of football players, basketball players that really don't talk about that oh, because yeah. they deem it negative or you know stereotypical. And But I think it's important for the general population to understand it from your lens. Oh, yeah. Like, you, I, know? you know, you wonder, so my, my kid is, uh, I've got, so I've got three stepdaughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are 17, 15, and 12. And then my two little ones are eight and five. Four girls, one boy, and the youngest one is the boy, and and I look at him and his all of his sweetness and bright eyes, and you know he's just the best kid. And do I I don't know that I know enough about CTE yet to say that I wouldn't want him to play the game of football, mm-hmm. but I know enough that I would like to know more information. Like, is it did I start did my first in, head injury as a kid trigger where I'm at now, right, or mm-hmm. was it the umpteen concussions I had at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Or was it, you know, what was it? Like, what's that initial do it? Does a kid fall off a chair as a two-year-old hit their head and start that degenerative mm. process? Is yeah. that what it is, you know? Or is it football specific? You know, I played offensive yeah. line. Every single time I, I the ball was snapped, I made head contact with somebody. Yeah. If I was double teaming up to a middle linebacker, I'm going to wait at the right time that you cross my left eye and I'm going to come off the ball and put my nose ring and my fit right on your jaw to purposely try to knock you out mm. like that was the game that we were taught to play like the head was not necessarily used as a weapon but it wasn't necessarily not used as one right. either you know yeah and, uh, i'll never forget when they gave me my first revolution helmet um you know it's that, that that next generation the new generation of helmet and so my rydell was like 
10 pounds, you yeah. know, just a monster of a helmet. And I put this thing on and I'm moving my head around. I'm like, man, the flexibility is great. Like, I just love to be able to move my head as much as I could. And I got in my stance and the first time I came up the ball, made contact with a, with a defensive tackle, the sound of the helmet was so jarring to me because it sounded fake uh-huh. or plastic. Uh-huh. And I'm like, there's no freaking way this thing is protecting me. I had the dude go up in the middle of practice and go get my old Rydell. I wore it my whole senior year. I wasn't wow. trying to wear that new helmet. And when I got to Cleveland and camp, I didn't want that new helmet either. You know, so like I, I fought it there for a little bit. I wish I probably wouldn't have done that at the time. But yeah, so it, the, the game is uh, is changing. It's healthier. Guys are making better yeah. decisions, you know. And, and it's I think it's – I go back and forth because I watch, especially in the NFL, these running backs, they know. Right, mm. they absolutely know what they're doing when they duck their head down. They absolutely know that they're putting a defender in a really tough position to yeah. make a play, and so that bothers me a little bit because I feel like there's an advantage on the offensive end now than there wasn't before. And I'm yeah. an offensive guy, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, concussion numbers are significantly down. Guys aren't missing that much time anymore. So, right. and the game is growing at this unbelievable level still, which is great to see. Yeah. Now you talk about the running backs and advantage. Because of their ducking, I mean, Buda Baker took it the other night. Hundred percent. Ooh, Ooh, that was nasty. Yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of football, let's talk about European football. You played some indoor soccer, bro. I love soccer. (laughs) It's my first love. Soccer is my first love. Is it? I uh, so we played as kids, and I liked the team better than I liked the football team. I liked the attitude. Uh, and soccer, when it's played at the highest level, there's a reason they call it the beautiful game. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. I love the game yeah. of soccer. Indoor soccer was a ton of fun because the wall, I mean, you can just throw people <laughs> over the place in that thing. Like, I'm not I'm not fun to play against. I'm not really fun to play with. You know, like, I've, I've got some uh, God's gifts have given me the ability to still be big and relatively fast, even at 40. Yeah. And so... You know, it is what it is. I'm going to play my game and have the success that I can on the on the field for sure. But, yeah, I love the indoor soccer field. Yeah, I remember you talking about those stories on the radio when I listened to you on the way home. I was like, that's pretty funny. I didn't know we played soccer. I didn't know oh, you loved yeah, it, but I love you do. It, man. Yeah, soccer's cool. Yeah, I think every kid I think every kid should play soccer, and I think every kid should wrestle, men or, yeah. boys or girls, every one of them. I think soccer's great for footwork, and the wrestling deal, you notice it that kids that are just used to contact in general, they just thrive better in sports. Mm. They're not timid, whether it's basketball or football or baseball, whatever it is, those kids are the ones that their eyes are open when the ball gets thrown to them the first time or yeah. when someone tries to set a screen, they're not, you know, shying away from the, the contact of it. So yeah, I'm a big soccer guy and big wrestling guy. Yeah. I have really good friends that are into wrestling and they always talk about being mentally tough, mentally fit. Oh yeah. What does mentally toughness or mental toughness to you mean? Mental toughness is is you know it's it's the fight. It's facing the fight. It's understanding that not every moment in the fight is going to be your best moment, but it's just kind of persevering through it. You know, yeah. today I had a. Uh, it's interesting that you asked me that question because right now on my Twitter account, there's I pissed off some dude uh, talking about you know I feel like high school football in particular. We have evolved so much uh, that it, the game is no longer making kids uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So, example, you know, coaches are been cut off at the knee because they can't really make a kid uncomfortable. They can't really yell at a kid or get too, you know, like parents are 
outrageous and you can't Mm -hmm. do this to my kid or say this to my kid and then these massive indoor facilities and you know these things that they have that these training facilities that they have they're incredible and we have better athletes today than we have ever had in the history of sports Mm -hmm. like when you look at aaron donald like that dude's not real that's not a real person what do you mean you're that size and that strong and you could run that fast that doesn't make any sense right better athletes than we've ever had but we're starting to lose football players because football to me was something that I learned at a young age. I mean, it, it breaks you football breaks you and then it rebuilds you. And now that we've gotten so comfortable in this game where these kids, these facilities, no more two a days, no more contact, no more, you know, and that we wonder Oklahoma's going through it right now. I want to tell this guy, Jimmy on Twitter, like your team is doing this right now. Texas did this and failed. They got too comfortable, comfortable winning Big 12 championships, comfortable getting to semifinal games, comfortable you know, winning Big 12 games and not dominating them. Like there's no way in hell that Oklahoma should ever be in the realm of Kansas upsetting them. That's embarrassing. This was an embarrassing season. Yeah. It was an embarrassing season up to the time they got went to Baylor. Like I look at this team and I think to myself all the time, Good Lord, do I wish I could have played against this Oklahoma team. And I've been saying that for five years, no matter how good Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray or any of those guys are, because the Oklahoma teams I played against, they were devastating. Mm -hmm. Big, physical, pissed off for four quarters. Dominating football team. And we had the pleasure of playing against them all four years. We beat them too. It was awesome. I take a lot of pride in playing against that Oklahoma team. Those Texas teams I played against, devastating teams. Vince Young was incredible. The Texas team they have out there now, what is that? That's not even football that those kids are playing. They've gotten too comfortable. And it's documented down in Texas. They talk about it all the time. And they have not figured out a way to get out of it. What has Oklahoma done? They've gotten uncomfortable again. Mm-hmm. Right? They bring in Venables. We know who he is as a coach. Schmitty's back on yeah. campus. We know who he is as a coach. They are righting a wrong, even though it's been a great eight years that I've covered this team. Yeah. Nothing but semifinal games and Heisman Trophy winners. I can't be mad about it, right? Right. But they were too comfortable. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, fighting that fight, keeping yourself uncomfortable, understanding that a loss or embarrassment is not the end of the world, is just going to make you better, right? That's, yeah. what, that's what it means to me. Like just continuing to grind. I'll never forget taking my little Mevo camera to my first game and I'm like I cannot believe I'm going to do this stand up like this like, I'm not a stand up on video guy I'm going to tweet this out I feel like an asshole like I don't want to do this and I was so uncomfortable doing it and now this is all I go do now right I'm just bringing that camera everywhere and popping it up and I'm doing a stand up like anybody on TV would do Yeah. and so it's just you know making yourself uncomfortable to me is is the best way to go about life is if you're feeling like everything is where it needs to be, then you need to go mess something up and go figure out a way to level up, you know, while you're doing it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, that's great. Do you ever think about getting into coaching football? Have you thought about it? I don't know that I'm fit for it, honestly. Mm. Like, I I don't know how to do it in a way that is 2022. Ah, I got you. You know, like, I, you know, I I coached uh, eighth grade, so I was probably 25, I don't know if I've gone past the statute of limitations here with this or not, but I'm out there at uh, a junior high in, uh, in Stillwater. And the, the team was, they were just a bunch of great boys, but so undisciplined on the field and off the field. And so, like, I, I would start, I would just take kickoff returns and say, we're going to run 
you're going to run these kickoffs until one of y'all sacrifices yourself to bring me down. And I would just run kickoffs back. And finally, some kid would get tired of running kickoffs and just throw his little body at my legs. And I would have to jump over him and then hit the ground. And they would all dogpile me with, and I don't have pads on or anything, but I was just like, you have to just... You know, it's it's just uh, making kid make you uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just an uncomfortable thing. And I just I'm a hard coach. I expect uh, the same old school rules. You know, when coach is talking, you don't talk. We don't laugh. We don't talk on the bus on the way home from a loss. Things like that that just don't exist uh, anymore. So I think it would be probably hard for me to coach in 2021, 22, uh, 23. Obviously, with uh, just my background, my yeah. dad's a tough man he was a hard man you know I, I learned how to play the game of football my eighth grade year he taught me with one little practice in our backyard as i he literally beat me to the point of my mom's on the deck screaming at the top of her lungs i've got my pads on and he's just get up and i'm running back at him and he's you know swatting me back down and i'm getting back up and you know dad's 82nd airborne you know west point wow. graduate top of his class uh brilliant man you know ring the bell on wall street type of guy you know just wow. his story is exceptional in every way and i wanted to be my dad you know i wanted to uh, do what he did but he told me you know this is how mazes play this game this is how our family plays this game it's about ruthlessness it's about anger it's about hating your opponent like learning to truly hate them Mm. for no reason other than the fact they showed up and now we have to do this and i can't believe you made it like it's disrespectful that you're here like hate them learn how to play the game with hate in your heart yeah and uh you know so i learned that from him and you know that it was the, but that one that one backyard deal. That's all I needed, and took it from there. Wow. Yeah. I would imagine just thinking about twenty twenty two, twenty three, and beyond. OU bringing back Coach Venables and Schmitty, going a little old school, quote unquote old school defensive mentality, hard knocks. I would imagine that parents would appreciate your mentality. I think Oklahomans. Oklahoma. I think there's some Oklahomans, you know, like when I go out to, I love going to uh, Kingfisher to watch games, mm. right? Because those coaches are out there coaching. Yeah. Uh, Weatherford, those boys are out there. Ethan Downs plays for Oklahoma yeah, right that's now. Right. That kid is a monster and will be one of the best players in the country when they're done with them in Oklahoma. Mm. He is in, but his background there in Weatherford, Oklahoma, they're coaching kids. You know, they're out there. They're, it's a community raising their young men still like that. That sense of community is harder to find once you get into the city. Guthrie, they're still doing it in a way that I appreciate. They're doing it like that in Bigsby. That's a community raising those boys up. And that's what the product that you're seeing on the football field. I feel like the city schools have a harder time doing that more restrictions, you know, Mm -hmm. I think, these smaller towns around Oklahoma in particular would probably welcome me uh, to, you know, to come out and coach hard and coach them in a way that I was coached, you know, yeah. 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So um, I think there's places here that I could probably do it. And there's a lot of places that probably wouldn't, wouldn't be <laughs> like, the, you know, I feel like some of those admin schools where I live right now, uh, I think those parents probably have, they're not, they're not excited about Sam coming out to coach. I promise you that. Still what our high school, the pioneers. Hey, you never yeah. know. Charlie Johnson up there doing it. Former teammate of mine. Yeah. As the offensive line coach up there, he's yeah. making, he's got some studs coming off that group. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are a couple of questions you wish people would ask Sam Mays, but no one ever asks? Anything other than sports. Like I'm, I'm. That's what I'm excited about the podcast for. Like I'm ready to just have some conversations away from yeah. sports. And the funny thing about it is, I find it so difficult to do. 
Like, yeah. this is my podcast. <laughs> I want to talk about this. And then I get in the moment and I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. No one wants to hear me talk about this stuff. Like, I get in my own head, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm here to have any conversation, you know, away from uh, athletics. You know, I'd I love to talk politics. I'd love to talk, um, you know, I mean, really whatever thing. I'm a, I'm a, I love to cook. And not like my, my fiance makes fun of me because it's not like I want to cook easy things. I'm like, cool. That's a turducken. I'm going to go ahead and debone this thing. Let's see how it goes. Midway through it, I'm like, well, I need a scalpel and a degree to do this. Right? I don't have a scalpel or the degree in medicine to do this. So what am I, you know. Uh, yeah. So I love, you know, I would love to have a conversation about food and cooking. And uh, I love exercise. I love the outdoors. love to hike. Um, love to play golf. I mean, I, any conver- anything that you want to do away from the games, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited about for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You talked about working out again. How's that going for you, and what made you get into this mindset again? So, I uh, so football season by week. I have my uh, my little kids, Evie and Deacon, and Brittany and I. We go to Six Flags, and I can't ride any rides, not one. I'm too big for every single one of them. And I looked at my daughter and I said, "I promise you, next fall, I'm going to be able to ride every ride that you want to ride, and I'll do that." Like I told her I would do it and I will 100% do it. So that's the first thing that kind of got it started. Um, the next thing is, you saw a picture of my wife yesterday or my fiance yesterday. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah, you and I both. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, I yeah. think we have outkicked our coverage 100%. a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> And so I, uh, you know, I told her, you know, I want to, I want to look great for our wedding. I want to feel good at yeah. our wedding. And I turned 40 in April and I'm like, I feel, I, I don't feel as capable as I used to, you know, physically, yeah. um, you know, there's some benefits walking around my size, uh, and my strength. And I'm not going to tell you any different than that. Like, it's great to be big, fast and athletic and violent, mm-hmm. you know, vicious. There's a, there's a, uh, a feeling that comes with that, that I feel like I'm losing each and every day I'm too slow, too sluggish, too tired, sleeping too late, you know, just all those things and like life, like beat you down, you know? And, um, when I work out, I feel better. Life is better when I work out. You know, I just got done working out before I, I came in here and, and, uh, um, had to do a quick phone interview and, and, but I just feel energized and in better because I'm two days into this process yeah. now. And so I am going to document it. So that would be cool for, you know, if you guys want to follow along, it'll be more yeah. probably on Instagram. Okay. I think we like that, that platform a little more, um, tailored towards this type of thing. Yep. But yes, yeah, so I'm working with a group in Edmond called, uh, uh edge sports fitness. And okay. So what it, and it's ran by former college coaches. That's right? awesome. And so. It's more total body. There's some yeah. lifting. There's some running. There's, you know, I did high knees and butt kicks for the first time the last two days. Everything hurts. You know what I mean? Like, my whole body hurts. My abs. I did probably an hour worth of abs in the last two days. And I'm like, this is worst case scenario here. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a two-day sore typically. And today I'm very sore. So tomorrow... I probably wouldn't be able to do this podcast without like cringing my whole, you know, <laughs> self through it. But uh, yeah, man, I'm just too big. You know, 413 pounds yeah. is too much, and uh, I think if I if I can get down to 310, 305, somewhere in there, I'll be happy. Well, we're gonna send you. I know your current shirt size, mm-hmm. so we're gonna send you one that's just a size smaller, and okay. you can fit in that 
next year. Yeah, there you or go. This time, yeah, or this fall. I, look, I th- the goal is to be a two X. You know, come uh, next December or so. Wow, there you yeah, go, so man. I, yeah, I'm a four X now. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited about Heck it. Yeah, like, I'd love to. I, you know, the first two weeks of anything are the worst, you know, whether it's a diet or training or whatever it might be. So uh, once I get through these first couple of weeks, I'll be more even into it, I'll yeah. be able to kind of take it a little bit better. But yeah, it's it's going to be a struggle, no question. But I love the challenge. Like, I love yeah. to challenge myself. And uh, Brittany's going to train with me for the first time uh, in, uh, starting on Friday. So I'm excited. She's nice. going to do it also. So it's going to kind of be a, a, you know, kind of a wedding boot camp type of thing. And <laughs> good it'll be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Man, you said the first two weeks are the hardest. And so when people start new hobbies or new exercises, they're inspired and they're motivated. Mm -hmm. But after a while, those two things kind of fade. Right. What's going to keep you going? So I hate, I, I don't know how to say this and not sound like a real jerk. Right. Because like, I feel like I just have, it's one of God's gifts. I don't have an addictive personality. I, um, I typically see results very fast because of how hard I push myself. Mm -hmm. So I really never get to a point of plateau, right? Like I'm, if I'm doing it and I'm giving Sam Mays' normal Sam Mays effort, I'm seeing leaps and bounds and it's been like that my whole life. You know what I mean? So, um, and so like, you know, I, I, I will have a drink on my 40th, um, but I won't drink until then. And I probably drank three times last week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to, not to be drunk, but right. like to have drinks. So like I go cold Turkey, so it'll be no sugar, you know, no booze. And everybody's like, you're insane. And I'm like, I've always been like this. And so like, it's not a, I don't know how to tell people to fight. I feel like I don't have to fight as yeah. long as I'm training. Mm-hmm. That's the key for me. Like, I'm not going to, I'm the most undisciplined. Oh, let me just do this diet. Oh no. I got to have to, I have to suffer. That is the one thing about, I know this about myself. I have to suffer through things. So no diet is going to work for me because I'm going to do it for about three days and be like, this is some garbage and I don't want to do this anymore and just not do it. Not because I'm undisciplined or it's just because I'm not, that's not going to help me see results fast. Now put me in a, in a five day a week training deal where I've got my coach just kicking my ass up and down this field. I'm sh- it sure is easy to go home and eat healthy at that point, right? Like, I'm suffering through this. Yeah. Everything in my body hurts right now. Like, I got more sore sitting here right now. <laughs> so, uh, it's just easier for me to, you know, so, like, it's, once again, it's constantly making yourself uncomfortable. Like, why mm-hmm. why quit something when you haven't reached your goals? I don't know. I don't, I guess I just don't understand it, you know? Yeah, like I just, for sure. And so, I don't, I don't ever really want to tell people that I've got the plan, you know, like the master plan to to figure out a way to do this because I just know the way that I do it. And the way I do it is just fully drop me, immerse myself yeah. in it. Mind, body, and soul, mm-hmm. right? To just commit everything to it. And then I ran a half marathon, 315 pounds. You know how hard that is? How much training I had to do? I blew up two toes seven miles into the thing. I had to finish with a bloody shoe. Dang. Like it's just... Like it's, that is a, you know, and running like you're, I think marathoners are insane. I've done it once. I just did half of it and I'll never do it again. Like what a weird group of people that is. Like they're out there talking about runner's high. I'm yeah. like, no, I need to get actually high. Like this runner's high <laughs> crap that lasted for about three and a half miles. Like when, cause look, the Oklahoma city marathon, there's nothing like it. Right. One of the coolest sporting events I have ever been a part of or covered. And so they say the prayer 
And then, you know, downtown Oklahoma City, it's five o'clock in the morning, and it is just dead silence, mm-hmm. right? And you get this overwhelming like feeling of the moment and why we're why are we running? Why are we here? Right. Mm-hmm. And so then they blow the thing and you start running and you know, I'm in the best shape of my life as far as running is concerned. And man, I got people with signs, run Sam run and yeah. you know, waving and kids are out there kind of running with yep. me. And I'm like, this is great. Like I'm gonna <laughs> knock this out like the energy and the testosterone and the, you know, just the all the 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 uh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the the you know, the body just does it to you. Like the endorphins and everything else that mm-hmm. just happens and man, I felt great. Hit that five mile mark and I'm like, no. <laughs> what do you mean? I gotta do I got eight more of these. Eight um, more miles to go and yeah, it's, then my toes blew up at an eight and at the eight mile mark and uh or seven mile mark, I think. Yeah, that was a disaster. That that incline in Classen is a real SOB. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But so anyway, I just you know I chose to do it and I went out and did it. The only thing I haven't been able to do, like I thought I was going to be able to swim across a lake, and so I attempted that, like to train to swim across wow. any of these lakes in Oklahoma. Um, and turns out I am not a good swimmer. <laughs> like just can't do it well. Can swim, can swim relatively fast for a guy my size. Yeah. But it is the hardest thing I've ever, like, I look at people, lap pool, they're in the gym, and they're like, I'm going to go for a leisurely swim. They're in the pool for an hour. Mm. Gracefully, you know, water's barely parting. And I'm like, I hate y'all. Yeah. Right? I'm in here 12 minutes, and I want to die. Yeah. Like, I'm visibly sweating in a pool. Like, how does that even happen? I'm wet. Everything is wet. But you can tell that this is perspiration coming off of me in the pool. It is terrible. So swimming didn't go my way for sure. But, uh, man, I'd love to do something fun. Like, you know, if I get down to 305, 295, somewhere in there, uh, you know, climbing Kilimanjaro would be something that I would be interested in. You know, climbing. Uh, just, just ch- you know, chasing something else. You know, there just, you go. Like, climbing is like chess. You know, every little move that you make has got to be precise and decisive. Yeah. And, and so I think I'm going to pick up some of that once I get down about 330 or 340 or so yeah. and and start training like that. So Man, that's great. How do you deal with negativity? In what way? Like uh, negative? Like, so when you make a post on Twitter or mm-hmm. you say something on the radio and a lot of Oklahoma State fans are like, oh, you're a homo, you're in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. yeah, so how do you deal with negative when people Not come well. at you? I mean, I don't deal with it well. I, uh, I've i always walked around with the edge on me. You know, my there's some guy yesterday who said something to me on Twitter. He's got like two followers. That's all. And I just can't help myself. I'm like, screw you. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, I, I feel like there are so many men and women in particular that have somehow allowed social media to boost them in a way that they walk around saying things and doing things that they wouldn't do, right? Like typically. And I'm like, I I don't di- disrespect anybody. I'm not going to just pick on a guy or calling names or do something aggressive to somebody on social media just unprovoked. Like that's not yeah. who I am. Um, but I hate that dude that's going to like sit behind their computer and say some dumb shit to me, you know, and like feel like they've like they're flexing, and I'm like, you're, yeah. you're behind your computer. Like I, there's just not enough contact anymore with like face to face. Like I'd love to have this conversation with you, but I bet your tone is way different when you're standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. My tone would be different too. I'm not threatening you or anything, but like there's a food chain 
right? And like I feel like the food chain evaporates on on social media, and it makes me so mad. I'm like, it's just ridiculous. And like I'm yeah. a wordsmith, I can talk my way in or out of anything I want to, um, but I just feel like there's a lack of respect on the internet mm. that doesn't that wouldn't typically be there. You know, like you see these videos now, these Karen's gone wild or whatever it might be. And these people out there losing their damn minds in store. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not the Internet. Like, it's just not. And and 30 years ago, you would have got your ass beat for something like that. But now everybody's too worried about being sued, you know, so yeah. that it doesn't happen. There is no schoolyard justice anymore. I feel like that's also a big problem. Like, you know, kids today are so like, I'm, and I'm not saying that, you know, kids should be bullied or right. uh, or beat up to the point of injury or but there was a discipline like you know I wasn't the toughest kid in my school right and I remember I knocked the books out of a, a kid's hand in my eighth grade hallway and he climbed me like a tree and wore my butt out in the hallway a football player right a teammate of mine he just having a bad day and he fought me and I lost that fight and I learned something about myself you know that day and I feel like there's just also not enough discovery happening with kids anymore mm. like that's hold the Spartan way and I just who are you like who are you amongst your peers and now everybody's the same everybody at least feels like they're the same even yeah. though you're not the same, right? Right. There are kids that are smarter. There are kids that are faster. There are kids that are bigger. There are kids that are better. There are kids are, but now everybody's like, we can't make anybody feel any less than what they actually are. Yeah. And I'm like, we got to, how are we going to, who are the leaders? Who are the, the future? Who are the, the kids that are going to be driving this bus and, you know, down the road eventually? Yep. Like, I don't know. I think it's just, it's hard today to people just bother me in their overall demeanor and attitude and just there's a, a comfortableness with other people to be able to say whatever you want to where yeah yeah i just feel like you probably come on now we could be better everybody needs to be a little better when it comes to stuff like that i'm yeah. not going to disrespect you so don't disrespect me right all right don't right. just oh you can say you don't like my take but say that's a dumb take yeah i don't like that i didn't say that your take was dumb yeah right so don't start with none won't be none like, yeah. i just say that thing all the time <laughs> yeah you want to be nice with me i'll be nice to you like there's no reason to be jerks because you're on the internet yeah mm. so if you don't like me you got a problem with me well come tell me explain to me yeah come or, with a solution or hit the freaking unfollow button <laughs> yeah <laughs> like these dudes that have a problem with me and then they just sit at their computer and what you're just mad like i love the block button on twitter <laughs> it's fantastic i use it all the freaking time i don't even want to know you exist and twitter gives me the ability to make that so <laughs> i can't see when you are tweeted or when someone retweets your stuff like you literally don't exist to me on the internet anymore the block button is fantastic it gets its negative people don't like oh he, he used the block button look at him i'm like yeah no i did yeah i blocked you and your little crony <laughs> friends and i won't ever think about you ever again it's fantastic so yeah the internet is a different place for sure oh, and, I, and you know I, I deal with negativity um, relatively well. You know, I got a great support system at yeah. home, and and uh, I, you know it is what it is. I think Brittany at times is pretty amazed that I don't come uncorked more than I actually do, but yeah. it is uh, it's okay. I deal with negativity pretty good. Yeah, listen to her speak. She seems rather level headed. Oh yeah, you know? she's definitely the yeah. Oh yeah, she's she's <laughs> in control of that deal. There's no, yeah. she holds the leash. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. She holds the leash for sure. Yeah, it sounds a lot like my wife. She's more of that, and I'm more of the... Ah. Oh, yeah, rage. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I get that for sure. Yeah, You talked about politics earlier. What's something in, in the political world that you see that is 
bugging you? And then are you thinking about maybe taking a run into politics? Oh, no, I don't think that I, <laughs> uh, I could probably get into politics. I, um, I don't want to say that I'm too smart, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm, I'm maybe too smart. <laughs> and I hate, I hate feeling that way because the reality is, uh, you know, the political machine that we have is really seems like the only way that we're ever going to get some, some real change, you know, like, and I think there's a bunch of men and women out there that are a hundred percent more qualified to do the job than the people that we have in office across the board right now, mm -hmm. across the board. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And those people will sit in a chair at a table with you and say, I'm too smart to get in politics. Like I just did. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think we get so wrapped up in the, the glitz and the glamour and uh, all these things that don't matter in the world today about who our politicians are that you weed out people who have just lived their lives, but now they can't get into politics because, you know, they said things on Twitter or yeah. they've got aggressive. And I feel like that's changing a little bit, I guess, but maybe not necessarily for the positive. Mm -hmm. um, I am very uh, fiscally conservative, mm -hmm. um, very socially liberal. Mm -hmm. I don't think the government should be able to tell me shit about shit in my house. And uh, that's just kind of how I feel about it. You know, I am, yeah. I want everybody to, like, I am obsessed with with Brittany Prince. I am absolutely head over heels in love. I hope that every human being on the planet can experience the same type of love that I do, no matter who that is. Yeah. The government has no control over who people love. I hate that, right? Yep. Uh, women's bodies in the same way. Like, I don't, I don't, the government has no right to tell anybody what to do with their own bodies. Like, that's where I'm at with this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I believe that, uh, you know, as far as the, the money side of things, I feel like we don't hear enough conversations about infrastructure in our country. Like I'm very concerned that as we send dollars around the world for things that, uh, we'll never see the benefit of, we watch our bridges and our roads and our internets, you know, our, our digital systems and everything is just so old mm. and unprotected and you know like I, I think it would be ignorant to believe that we weren't going to see some sort of the next terrorist attack that we have is probably going to be some sort of digital mm. attack you know like and so i just i wish that the government would pay more attention to americans yeah uh, i feel like we've lost a little bit of that and i hate to, and it's, it's selfish and i know there are people around the world who are in way worse situations than we are in this country but uh we are headed down a path that i feel like if it's not corrected it will be catastrophic sure you know it's just the reality of it yeah. you know same thing with our environment like you know people want to act crazy when they're asked to uh recycle or asked to you know to be to, to be mindful of conservation of you know our wildlife and of our uh, national parks and our things like that's okay to take care of those things mm -hmm. you know that's okay to hug a tree every once in a while that's okay to you know to be able to want to say that your great grandkids are going to be able to experience the same type of beautiful things i've drove from san antonio to uh phoenix here recently for the alamo bowl from mm -hmm. the alamo bowl to the uh to the fiesta bowl and like I'm that old dad that's in the car. Like, look at that rock, and look at this hill, and look at that mountain. And how beautiful is that? Like, I just this country has so much to offer. Yeah. Uh, from a uh, a landscape situation, I mean, you can basically see everything but the rainforest basically here in the U.S. And uh, you go up to Seattle every once in a while, it might feel like a rainforest to you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, that's, I mean, just kind of a roundabout look at how I feel about things like that. I think conversations need to be had. I think 
conversations without an agenda, conversations we have the political parties here are, are a disaster. Like when you put in your profile, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican before you put I'm an American, I'm like, I don't, you're not on the team. Like, what team are you? I'm on the American team. I'm not on the Democrat or the Republican team. I want to know which Americans are going to help this country be better and grow and take leadership in education, in science, and yeah. arts. Like, this country was incredible in the in the 50s. And this is coming from a black man who it wasn't incredible for in the 50s. Right. It right. wasn't incredible for, and it's still not always incredible for. But I can recognize that when... You know, soldiers came home from World War One and World War Two. That this country surged in so many different areas, and whether it was art or music, the Renaissance period in the U.S. was a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you know we've gotten so far away of focused on on growing as a nation, and we're growing in these little pockets, these little sects of people. That it's just it's disheartening, you know. It yeah. just and it seems so overwhelming and so big and so broad and so intimidating at times that you just don't know what to like what do you tell the kids you know we have open conversations at our table i've got three teenage stepdaughters i mean open and uncomfortable conversations about everything in life and i'm sitting there going oh you know like <laughs> you know as a dad and hearing their concerns and and you know things happening in their life and the things that they're dealing with at school and you know kids dressing up like furries and you know there's all kinds of crazy stuff that we didn't like we have such this we have a huge gap between like my, there's a lot of things that I had in common with my grandfather there is nothing that these kids have in common with their grandparents mm. nothing yeah. like their whole lives are significantly different than anything their grandparents you know, can can tell them about like my kids. We have a, a girl that's somewhere around the same age as uh, my my youngest stepdaughter, and I'm like, you know, why don't you go knock on the door and go play with whatever her name is? And we can, I can't go knock on the door and go play with them. People would judge me for that. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> like, do you even know that kid? We well, ride the same bus. Have you spoken to that kid? Not really. What? That's your neighbor. Yeah. Right? I knew all my neighbors. Brandon Heitman was a little kid that moved in next door to me in probably like the fourth grade. We didn't even really like each other that much. We played together every single day. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, kids are just so different. Family structure is just so uh, different. And, you know, I just feel like as a country, you know, we, we really need to just take a second and breathe. Mm -hmm. Put the phones down. Yeah. Put them down so you can't see them and just look at each other and have some real conversations about how your homes are being run and, you know, how your kids are being raised and the conversations that they're having. And, you know, there's just a lot. There's so many distractions away from the home. I mean, so yeah. many distractions away from the family unit. So many distractions away from what we're doing here as Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, everywhere you look. And then now people want to act like they don't, you know, being an American is a, is a, uh, a bad thing. You know, <laughs> around the world, Americans are... I'm always blown away when, when I travel overseas how, you know, I can't, I don't go anywhere and people say, oh, he's not an American. Like, people know I'm an American. Yeah. I look like an American. I sound like an American. I'm big like an American. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's no yeah. really getting away from it. So I'll get in the cabs and, and uh, England and the cab driver will say, 
You're an American, huh? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, what's going on over there? Anybody can be president now. And I'm like, good Lord. You know, everybody knows knows something or has something to say. And I think, you know, Americans at their core are still, you know, the best and the brightest. Sure. And, you know, it's this is the team that I play for. And and uh, I wish that more people would feel like it is a team instead of, you know, there's a, there's a fight for power all the time. And I feel like there is a, a quiet a quiet majority, honestly, yeah. of people like me who wish that we could have quiet, reserved discussions about where we all need to move mm-hmm. and how we need to handle the outside world and how we should take part in Like, there are people who want to have those discussions, sure. but the loud folks, right, the loud ones are the ones that you can't hear over or speak over. Yeah. And now I feel like oh, so many of those people are in Washington on both sides yep. screaming for their minor the might you know that small sect of people the problem is those are the people that vote mm-hmm. right like yeah. and those are the only they're the ones out there in line in the polls and i'm like the silent majority y'all need to go vote have an opinion and go don't just say oh it's we're screwed either way what yeah right. don't do I'm that have an opinion and go vote go make a difference you know go have a, i would love to know how the country really feels about everything yeah we don't know we have no yeah. idea these last two elections that we have we have no idea yeah so much it was done off of emotion so much it was done after you know fake news you know but just it's just it is just you know when your main news companies are now satire like you can't even watch fox or cnn anymore uh, that's that, literally it's satire yeah, yeah like i true. saw a deal Tucker uh, Carlson, bro, he did a deal and I'm sitting there watching on my phone and it said something like I spotted Michael Jackson the other. Oh, I saw that. Did you see this? I saw that. What? That was on national news. Yeah. What is it? And it was hilarious. I laughed (laughs) unbelievably, but I thought it was a Saturday Night Live skit. But that's some that's a real news organization, right? Uh, CNN's got the same deal just on the other side. Like, what are y'all doing? Right. You know, like what is and so it's just people are misinformed and uh, they just want to get on their team and yell at the other team and why everybody else is just looking at this country going. They've never been more separated. I feel weak as an American, as I as I feel our country has never been weaker, mm-hmm. and as a collective, like what actually happens if something happens, like if something if God God I mean whether it's a foreign country or what something that we need to unite are we even capable of doing that anymore? Yeah, you know nine yeah. eleven happens and the whole country united. Yep. I'll never forget where I was when that happened. Yep. Walking down campus in Oklahoma State, and what happened those next months was incredible. Mm-hmm. And you saw this linking of the arms that I didn't know as a kid, as a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, you don't even really understand what you're watching. As a 40-year-old, I question if we could get back there, mm. right? Mm-hmm. The last 10 years have been so volatile. Like, if something happened to us again as a country, are we going to get back to that moment where we lock our arms again and do what Americans have done for hundreds of years, right? It just seems yeah. like it's further and further away you know all the time so it's true yeah Yeah. it's true well afghanistan happened recently and it wasn't like everyone locked arms it was like you did this you should have done this right you did that and why didn't you so it's like it's divisive right for sure it is is. there's a lot of that uh, happening today i also feel like um i also feel like you know being being African American, being black, uh-huh. uh, and having the the social justice conversation, yeah. you know, um, people saying that because we're having the conversation that that is divisive, and I'm like, well, that's not true, 
you know, these are all conversations that we probably just need to have the more we learn about each other and each other's problems and issues and lives and struggles, sure. you know, the, the better for everybody. And I think that as a black man, you know, probably for the first time in my life, I feel empowered by having those discussions. I'll talk to anybody about what my life has been like. You know, I feel at times I feel I've had some real shitty experiences in Oklahoma as far as, you know, my color and, you know, being at a Red Dirt concert because I love country music yeah. and somebody yelling, hey, N-word, what are you doing mm -hmm. here? Like, that's happened to me before. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I'm pretty sure I can roll out to Okeen, America, or any of these small towns out west in particular, and knock on somebody's door, and somebody's gonna be like, "Why don't you come on in here and have a chicken fried steak?" And so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like Oklahomans are fantastic. I feel like they've gotten a real negative rap here with all the that social justice conversation because of you know the people mm. who are the loudest, yeah, uh, who want to make displays out of things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it is the world is there's some good things that are happening. There's some bad things that are happening. Um, politics are I gotta. Be a part of it i just don't know how to get out of how we get out of the hole that we're in you yeah know, how do we all just put put the guns and knives and and uh and your old school mace down and look at the person across the aisle and say hey I, can i just shake your hand and your kids are cute yeah and they probably do the same thing that my kids do let's have a dad talk or a mom That's talk awesome. and you know just let's have a conversation like an actual conversation and yeah if we can do that maybe we can find a way if we can't i don't know what happens next man i your one hundred thousand followers or listeners that you want on your podcast that's a little low you think so yeah just the conversation the vibe i feel the energy all these topics to 300,000 easily it, man. Now I'm serious. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of the show. I'm a fan of you, obviously. I appreciate that. <laughs> but let's get to some listener. I mean, some, uh, Twitter followers. I'll be, questions. I'll be short winded. I'll try. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Favorite road environment you played in. Uh, so I was blessed and fortunate enough to play in the first, uh, home game in College Station after 9-11. And they striped that stadium, right? So it was red, white, and blue on all three tiers. And not one fan, I get goosebumps right now thinking yeah, I'm about thinking it. about it too. And not one fan wore their colors that day. And it was the only time that we were allowed to be on the field for the national anthem during college because the players aren't out there. And right. I just remember looking up in the stands and there's not a dry eye in the place. And... uh yeah, so that's that's the best road environment I ever I ever played in was in that moment. The weirdest road environment, Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh yeah, never seen anything like it before in my life. Hey guys, great job! You're killing it. We're up at halftime. They're applauding as we run, run off the field. You, I thought this is some weird reverse psychology stuff. Like when they you know they paint the opposing locker room pink or something like that. They're trying to lower our testosterone. Like what is happening? They were the nicest people that you will ever come in contact with as an away fan base. So weird. Nebraskans, huh? Nebraskans, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was very odd. Yeah. Les Miles was really energized on the sidelines. How was it behind the scenes? Uh, he's a ball energy. You know, Les was, uh, I know he's got a bad rap here in the last decade or so. You know, life is, everybody's <laughs> secrets come out, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, as a coach, you know, from a player's perspective, he was everything that you could ask for. Yeah. You know, nothing but a ball of energy. Always made us believe that we could accomplish whatever. You got to think that Big 12 I played in was vicious from top to bottom. And you're talking about a Kansas State team that's playing you know, Big 12 championship games looking towards national title conversations. Like, it was a tough, 
hard-nosed league before the SEC was even a thing. The Big 12 was king of college football. That's a league that I played in. And so when Les Miles got there, you know, pretty downtrodden Bob Simmons team, he was a terrible coach, not a good human, um, didn't understand the game of football. And I, you know, I, I committed to Oklahoma State because of the conference more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was happy to see Les come in and, and change that. Like he made us believe uh, that we could accomplish everything that we wanted to, even though it was, you know, Josh Heupel and, and uh, you know, Dan Cody and, and Tommy Harris and, you know, J- Jason White. Like those Oklahoma teams that we played against were incredible. Same thing with Vince Young in Texas. And, and like I, you know, Brad Smith was at Missouri. Like it was, oh, yeah. he made us feel like we could win every one of those games. And so we went from winning uh, three or four games my freshman year to, to winning, uh, I want, what, 10, I guess, that Cotton Bowl year we went to. Yeah. Like it was a yeah. change like that because he made us believe. And so I always appreciated Les for that. You know, the pregame speeches were epic. Maybe you want to run down the street for sure. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, man. What's your uh, favorite pregame meal? Uh, well, I'm an offensive lineman, so any anything that you – there's no real requirements. I like a good steak. I like all the pasta in the world. Um, I'm a lasagna guy, like Garfield. Yeah, like I love a good lasagna. My grandmother grew up making lasagnas, and, and so if I can get lasagna before a game, I would do that. But, uh, yeah, I, there's no – I have to. I've never really really super suspicious at all. Like, yeah. You know, I'd like to – uh, when I game day, I would probably go in and get dressed, and I had a little routine that I would go through, but nothing. I don't have to have these things. Yeah. Uh, so I'm down for whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. How do you prep for your podcast? Um, well, I don't prep at all for radio. And I've always been pretty, so I've always worked with people that are super highly prepped. Uh, Hoover has a whole thing that I get every single day. And I'm like, this is, you spent more time doing this than I've ever written anything now for a radio show. Um, so the podcast is kind of, I'm kind of the same way. Like, you know, I'll have an idea of what I want to get into, mm-hmm. but like I just did one with, uh, Dominique Franks, Tulsa high school football legend, former Sooner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to the location I was supposed to just do with him and another guy, just a one, you know, 40 hour podcast. But after talking to him, by himself, I was like, well, I have to do this just with you now. So I ended up doing 40 with minutes with him first because the story was incredible. And I find that if you just throw up some softballs, you know, some icebreakers that, and you allow the guests to take the show um, to a degree, it is, it's just kind of fun to ride along with them. It's more yeah. authentic. Yep. Um, so like, I love this format. Come in and and let's just chat. You Appreciate know? it. Let's just have a conversation and yeah. see where it goes. And I think that's kind of where I I want to take mine for sure. Like there's yeah. been some real topics for us as far as Oklahoma <laughs> is concerned. And Oklahoma State obviously a great season for the Cowboys. But oh yeah. Uh, but for me, yeah, I think that it's it, there's not a whole lot of prep that goes into it. The basics, you know, know enough to open up with a couple of questions and yeah. and just kind of let it go from there. Yeah, that's awesome. If you're a high school kid today, mm-hmm. what are the top five schools? would you choose from and if your coach left after year two would you consider following the coach high school kid today well let's okay so here's what i'll do let's take sam 
uh, and put me at Fitch High School in 2022. So I was a 60-40 run guard. We ran a stack eye. Um, I would say in 2000, there was probably 150 of me that came out of high school football. I would say there's probably 25 of me that come out of high school football now. Like the game has changed so much, spread offenses and everything else. You don't get any true road graders uh, anymore. And so that's that's what I was. So I would have, uh, I probably would entertain the top 25, 30 schools in the country. Um, I think that Ohio's, I'm an Ohio kid. So Ohio State would have been my first pick. It was my first pick then. Uh, I went to the Ohio State football camp and it was myself and Anthony Munoz, his son. And oh, yeah. we decimated all and just knew that John Cooper was going to offer scholarships after this camp. And he looked at us both and said, we have grant money. That's what we can offer you. And so Munoz went to uh, Tennessee where his sister was playing for Coach uh, Summit. And I ended up at Oklahoma State just because of the opportunity in the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have no ties to this part of the country. But the Big 12 was just too good at the time for me to ignore it. And it would have given me a home to go run the football against some elites. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, you know, yeah. Nebraska. They had some big-time defensive tackles, defensive ends. So, um, you know, that's kind of where it was at. But today... You know, I think that it's I'm I'm searching for run games. I think you, I did, could find it in Bama. I would find it uh, in Norman. I would find it in Ohio. I would find it uh, with Clemson. Um, you know, I would find you know, there's there's probably some tertiary schools that I would have considered too. Like I I like Mac Brown and what he's doing at mm-hmm. North Carolina. I would have probably considered him um, a little bit. Wisconsin football to me is a staple. Uh, Notre Dame. You know, when I when we were in high school, like I'm a Youngstown's a big Catholic area, so. Yeah. Uh, respect for the Notre Dame fighting Irish is immense. I would have considered Notre Dame now too, but um, I don't. I don't know that I would have. The Big Twelve is still getting back into it. I don't know that I would have considered this conference uh, outside of Oklahoma at this point. And yeah. with them going to the SEC, maybe that's the play. Mm-hmm. You know, if Ohio State had said no, but yeah, Wisconsin probably would have been. So give me, my top three would be Ohio State. I'll give you my top four. Ohio yeah. State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And that's only with the SEC move. Yeah. I don't know that I would have considered them if they were staying here. Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. How do you want to be remembered? Oh, probably just as a good dad, you know, and man, just a... Uh, Hard worker. I I I, wor- I want to be successful because I want my kids to experience a life that um, is full of just great memories and you know and uh, experiencing all the things that they can. You know, like that's kind of where I'm at. I want my kids to look back and think we we learned from him. We uh, loved him. We cherished our time with him, and he did everything in his power to make our lives better. Yeah. You know, that's that's how I would want to be remembered. That's awesome, man. How do people get in touch with you? How do they follow you on social media? Yeah, so you can follow me. Really, I think it's all of them. It's at All American Maze. I, uh, yeah, I took the. It's not American. It's just American. American. I like that. Just America. Yeah, yeah All American <laughs> Maze uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook too. I haven't really developed my Facebook page, mm. like my 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 fan page as much. But if you can get in on my. Uh, general page, feel free. I, I mean, I think there's a 5,000 limit cap. So I have to like, as people get tired of me, I just refill it, you know, <laughs> add 10 more people to the mix yeah. to cap out at 5,000. But yeah, pretty easy. Or you can email me at samonsports at 
Tom. I'd love to have those conversations. And uh, the same Ace Podcast, man. Like that's that's the thing. That's what we're up to these days. And yeah. uh, you can find that anywhere you find podcasts. The YouTube channel is super important uh, right now. We just kind of got that going. Just got over a thousand subscribers here the other wow. day, and uh, that's pretty cool. So yeah, if you can go to the YouTube, subscribe to that for sure. And yeah, check out the pod. Let me know what you're thinking. I've I've got to find a way. Like I love this. Did you just reach out to people on Twitter or yeah. whatever and say you yeah. have any questions? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I need to start doing that. You know, yeah. and just uh, kind of interact with people a little bit more. I think I'm going to get a phone number for the pod cool. um, and let people be able to call in oh, while we're doing cool. it. So I think yeah. that'll be fun and just kind of interact with people that way. So, yeah, but just stay tuned to that stuff. And like I said, subscribe to all the things and leave a review if you don't mind. And for yeah, sure. I appreciate that stuff. Man, that's awesome. I, I look forward to this journey with yeah. you, keeping track of your weight loss, your marriage, life, getting in all the roller coaster rides and Six Flags? Six yeah, Flags, yeah. Six Flags in Texas. I'm yeah. going to ride everything. I love it. This fall, that's the plan. I love it. And get, then, to get a six-pack. <laughs> that's awesome, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm hoping for yeah. it, for sure. And then you'll have 200-plus thousand downloads and yeah. followers. and That's what's up. Dude, you'll be up there with Joe I like, Rogan. I like how you made me level up. I'm, I appreciate that. That's a new goal. It, yeah. Yeah, quarter million. Let's see if we can make it happen. Man. Well, you, you got the energy. You got the vibe. You got the conversation. You can do it. I appreciate it, I friend. appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate, appreciate you. It. Ah. <sighs>